You're listening to the Influential Conversations podcast with Industry Influencer of the Year, Kirk Stafford and guests. Proudly brought to you by Tappy, helping property managers deliver a world-class maintenance experience to their landlords and tenants and save 40% of their time processing maintenance requests. Box Brownie, the innovators in property photography. Have a look at their new product, Snap, Snap, Snap. This is the brand new phone app designed specifically for real estate agents, which allows you to shoot professional quality photographs straight from your phones. Inspection Express, they're the market leader in property inspection reporting and digital signature property documentation, giving you a seamless approach to the way that you manage properties, as well as Agent Dynamics, the market-leading team development ecosystem to help you nurture, grow, and retain your property teams since 2014. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stafford. Well, welcome again to a uh, another episode of Influential Conversations. This time I have joining me the lovely Julie Collins from Altitude Real Estate in the stunning Lake Macquarie area. Julie, thank you for joining me. You've been around the industry for a couple of decades now, started by the sound of things around about the the late 80s, early 90s, now running a team of 11 people with a rent roll of 1,100, 1,200 properties. That's that's quite a business. Yeah, it certainly is. Thank you very much for having me, Kirk, and um, inviting me to, um, you know, to join this podcast series. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, it, it has. It's been it's been quite a journey. So I'm heading into now into the 36th year in the industry. So been doing this for a little while, and and that has gone from you know being the junior administration person at the front desk, um, you know, all the way through to having owned my own business and um, the structure that I'm involved in now, which is a, which is a partner in our business. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been quite a journey. Yeah, look, I think any anyone in this industry has has a journey, and I think and one of the reasons I'm doing this series is that we've all got a story as well. So, what's yours? How did you end up in property management? You said you started on the front desk and as a junior leasing person or, or, or admin. What brought you to real estate? What brought you, particularly, what brought you to to property management? It, it is it was actually by chance, and I think. A lot of people you talk to in the industry, there's not too many people, particularly, um, you know, starting off in junior roles that have this sort of, you know, desire at school that I'm going to become a property manager because I don't even know that it's a profession that that people know. And I know for me, I certainly didn't. So it did come about by chance. I was working in another job that I didn't particularly love and um, I used to play a lot of tennis when I was younger. And one of the ladies that was in one of my tennis teams mentioned that they needed a junior person in their business um, and she was a property manager and asked me, you know, if I would be interested in that position. And I actually did not even know what property management was, had no idea, just assume real estate sell houses. I said yes, basically. And um, it was sort of a case of what have I got what have I got to lose don't even know what it is but hey let's let's give it a go so that's the very very short version of it and very quickly um you know very quickly become very entranced in it um straight away knew that um, I wanted to get my real estate license I actually did that 
quite quite young as well. Um, for for anyone that's listening to these podcasts, probably get a bit of a giggle out of this, but knowing how we get licenses these days and how quickly that process is, you know, back in the dinosaur days when I got my license, it was two nights a week at TAFE for four years. That's how long mm-hmm. it took mm-hmm. to get your real estate license. So mm-hmm. persevered with that and, yeah, always had that vision of being a business owner but have always just been driven by a passion of property management, never an interest in sales, a respect for the sales part of the the real estate, but just always that passion. And then in the later years, it's actually become probably more about as much about the industry and the people in it. Yeah, yeah. And is that what keeps you in the business? I mean, 30 30 plus years, and we both know how tough it is, particularly tough now, but there have always been tough periods. But is that the sort of thing that that keeps you in the industry now, is it the people? Definitely, um, you know, where I am right now in my journey, it, it is definitely more about um, about the people and, um, yeah, you know, encouraging others and, um, you know, contributing to the industry. I think, you know, we, we, everyone is very, very aware of what's going on in our industry at the moment and that's probably a big driver for me, you know, more so than the, than the day-to-day workings of property management. Yeah, I think now we, we get to the point uh, and I'm going to be talking to a whole range of people. Some are business owners like uh, like yourself. Some are some are department heads, yeah. and some are, are property managers that are just starting out on their path through this industry. And it's it's interesting. We get to that part of our journey where we think, well, it's it's actually you know the 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 technical aspects of it are important, but they're not they're not the driver for us. The driver for us is is the human connection. It's the human yeah. part of the job, isn't it? Yeah. Look, I think. Um, I think one thing that a lot of the perception a lot of people have is that real estate's about property. It's actually mm. not about people. And that's yeah. and that's that's external as in clients, et cetera, and internal as far as um, you know, the, the people in your team. Yeah, exactly. It's all it it, it to me now, uh, and it has been for some while, is, is about the relationships you form. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've been managing teams. I think I first started managing a team when I was in my late 20s when I was selling, but my first property management team I was managing you know, a few years later and I'm still in touch with some of those people. Yeah, okay, fantastic. And it's just gratifying to see to see where they are now, yeah. seeing them come into the business and you would have seen this some of yours. And they come in raw, they come in fresh and just to watch them progress through, whether it's with you or where they go on to another firm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that, that is all part of it. And, you know, and, and nurturing those people for them to to reach the goals that they want to reach and get to where they want to go. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to stay with you. But you know, that, that's okay. So yeah, that's right. What are, what are some of the challenges you've faced over time? I mean, obviously, you know, again, chiefly, that'd be around people, because the legislation is the legislation we can't Flex that. You know, it, it's 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 a great question actually, and you know what? It's a question that I could probably talk about for you know hours, to be honest with you, because I think there are different components of it. One of the, I guess, one of the biggest challenges that we see is there has been a lot of changes over the years. You know, legislation, but also um, external forces. You know, of just recently COVID, those sorts of things. Yep. And one of the one of the most dreadful traits that property managers or people in property management have is they hate change. Funnily yeah. enough. So we have we have change, constantly we have change, 
but we try and hold on to how we've always done things. And I've often found that to be one of the biggest challenges with managing teams. But over and above that, you know, I think what we're seeing happening right now in our industry, I, I think this is probably one of the most challenging periods, you know, that I've seen you know, throughout that period of time. And, and I mean that as in we're actually seeing this, you know, um, mass exodus of people out of the industry. Absolutely breaks my heart. Again, it's something I could talk about for a long time because I don't believe anyone comes into this industry with the intention to fail. They're obviously attracted to it for a reason. Um, mm. And, you know, um, somewhere along the way they, they lose their way or, you know, the the industry or perhaps more predominantly the place that they work lets them down. They become disillusioned and they decide that, you know, they hate property management. They can never want to do it again. And this is happening with people new to the industry and people that have been in it, you know, for a long time. And it's this great squeeze of people leaving. But I just see, I also truly believe that we've seen these trends over a long period of time with fee cutting, you know, the emphasis is on how many properties you've got on your rent roll rather than how financially viable they are. So I often, you know, compare it to the analogy of like a, a school classroom. If you have a teacher with 20 children, you all of a sudden you decide you're going to add another 20 kiddies into that classroom. You know, the, it's it's obvious that, you know, it's not going to, um, it's not going to work. You know, the economy has to drop away. 100%. So, like I said, there's, I think this is the biggest challenge that we face right here, right now, is how do we reverse the damage we've done over the years as far as this, you know, this yeah. fees and that sort of thing. And then on top of that, um, you know, business owners really need to sit up and take notice. And how do you, um, you know, create environments in these workplaces for these people to, you know, nurture and prosper. Yes, it is a it's a tough gig. We all know that, but there's plenty of other jobs out that are tough out there that are tough too. So, you know, it falls back onto it, you know the um, the leaders. It's our responsibility. No, I talk to a range of people, and every industry that I've talked to is suffering the same shortage of, of really good skilled people or yeah. you know, people that are just wanting to, to work yeah uh, and we're all saying yeah what's the solution yeah yeah so, well, that's the next one so what, what do you think what do you think the solutions to this would be um i think because departments are under so much pressure i think that um you know people are just it's, it's all about just plugging a hole a bum on a seat rather than really stepping back and we, we need to create this whole nurturing you know environment of people coming through we need to we need to upskill and train people you know there's there's not this you know magic pot of property managers out there that are experienced and amazing at their jobs that are just going to turn up out of nowhere you know it's it, it, there's not so what are we putting in place to to nurture and foster our own to come through in our environments and you know and 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 teach them the ropes rather than finding people bringing them into the business into your businesses give them a business card and, and a you know and, and a title and you're a property manager and then you know that they're, they're left to their own and the only way they learn is by their mistakes and that's sad because those mistakes mean that they cop abuse, constant pressure, you know, stress, 
feeling like they're that they're a failure, you know, all those things that, you know, we do to ourselves as human, but they're not failing, that the system has has failed them for want of a better yeah, word. That's right. I mean I, I remember when I started, <clears throat> I was I was lucky I had a I had an understanding principal um who had actually been running it himself for three months and found yeah. that it you know, probably wasn't his cup of tea, um, shall we say. But yeah. he basically still threw me in the deep end. It was a case of, well, there's the desk, there's the phone, best of luck, you're on your own. I think the expectation now is is that we're supposed to be, you know, really very highly schooled professionals. We need That's to start true. having some sort of stream to be able to bring people into into, into businesses where we, we bring them in at a very junior level. We coach them, we train them all the way through so that they can see a career path. And this is one thing that I had with 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 my first couple of businesses, because it was of such a size, there was that career path and people could see a direction. They're not just stuck in the one chair. And I think that's probably part of, to a certain extent, where people yeah. just see, you know, really? they can't go any further than that wall. Yeah, or, like I said, or they don't even, you know, they don't even get as far down the path as what they anticipated because they just they just can't see the light of day. Like this, this is a, you know, in their eyes, this is it's a disaster. I'm just getting abused every day. I'm I'm constantly under stress. I don't know what I'm doing. I've got no one that can help me. Everyone's so busy that there's no one that I can that I can turn to. And I I suspect that this is a very real scenario in many, many offices. And then what mm-hmm. comes about that is, you know, no systems, no processes. Um, everyone's just just doing what they do just to keep their head above water. So I guess it's kind of well, it's it's chaos, you know. Um, yep. there's there's so many, so many elements, elements to this that you can sort of see what's what's going mm-hmm. on. So yeah. yeah, there's no there's no easy answer to it. I, I think the thing is though it's it's the major thing is having that support, isn't it? It's it's having the support, whether it's within the office or from from, from colleagues outside of the office. Uh, that, yeah. That, that can sort of help you on. Yeah. 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 So true. So I was very blessed that you know the the property manager that I learnt under was was an incredibly great property manager with a um, with a fantastic you know reputation in our local area. I actually started off up in the in the Hunter Valley area, and I was taught. In, incredibly well and then obviously from that I you know advanced myself and you've got to be a person that's prepared to you know invest in yourself now that doesn't necessarily mean that not everyone has big budgets and that's okay but there's a whole array out there of things that this day and age I mean gosh things you can read podcasts you can listen to it's you know you've you've, you've got to like I said invest in yourself um, as well and I think something that you can, can't even put a price tag on is the networks that you can form in the industry. Property managers are, you know, they're, they're very um, tribe orientated. We, we we love a tribe, you know, we definitely feed off each other. Someone's, you know, someone's always up and down at any given time and there's always people there to pick you up, willing to have a chat. They're, without a doubt, they've been through whatever it is you're going through right at this this point in time you're actually you know you're you're actually not the only person that's ever dealt with this before but network networks in this industry are absolutely invaluable without a doubt yeah for sure yeah. absolutely yeah and what about you <clears throat> i mean we've all all had two or three years that have been been pretty tough and i think we we've, we've all had times in there where we 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 
we've struggled a little bit. But even outside of that, to go back over the last 30 or so years you've been in the business, when you found things are getting, you know, getting a little bit challenging for you, where have you gone? Where have you drawn your, your influences and, and your own personal inspiration from to, to keep you going? Yeah. I Look, I'm a person, I think, you know, from, from a departmental point of view, when things aren't working and become so stressful, I'm a person that very much steps back and it's a why isn't it working? What What's the problem? So that that's very me, okay? Mm-hmm. So therefore to try and find always looking for solutions, always looking to improve that. So I guess that's one side of it. On a personal note, when you really feel like it's all becoming, you know, um, very overwhelming, um, like that. what I talked about before, we've all had those times where we can't see the light, you know, at the, at the end of the tunnel. I'm a person that I actually crave solidarity as much as I crave connection. So that in itself might sound very contradicting, um, but solidarity for me is, you know, being able to, I don't really get a lot of time just to sit and read books. So therefore, um, listening to podcasts, I love that. Or I listen to books from through audio. My, my car is often my sanctuary. <laughs> so <laughs> the, whole world, the whole world is blocked out and it's just me. I love that. I'm very much a music person. So if I'm home um, alone, that's very much a part of it as well. But the flip side to that is, as I talked before, it, very much about the network, networks. I am incredibly blessed with the amazing network of people, um, you know, that I've met over the years through this industry, I've made some incredible, you know, lifelong friends. Some's just have remained acquaintances and that's okay. But, you know, with that, I think be prepared to give to get too. You've got to make that effort too to be somebody else's network and support because, uh, like I said, you've all got something to give each other. Whether you've been in the industry 12 months, you know, two years, five years, 10 years, um, it doesn't matter. Everyone's got some sort of input that it's it's valuable. Yep, absolutely, it is. And it's it's interesting you sort of say it's sort of you're one of the you know, the, the the mix between the the, the tribe and the, the solitude. Um, I think a lot of people are actually like that because we can't all be extroverted or or, or um, gregarious all the time. We need that recharge time. We need to be able to to sort of step back and step within ourselves. Yeah. Um, and I've I found it um, really instructive. I mean, uh, to, just to, to get out and get away from, you know, f- from this thing um, and, and go for a walk, you know, leave the phone at home. I've always found a really great way. But the cars also, to me, are a great spot because you can you can have the music as loud as you like or you can be listening to a, you know, a podcast, whether it's a technical one or an inspirational one. Absolutely. So it's, yeah. it's just, just having that. That variety, I think, around you, where you've got you've got choice in it. You're not just locked into one, but you also need that time where you know, we all need to step away from you know, from from husbands, wives, partners, whatever, you know, and that's business partners, personal partners, or whatever, and just say, look, you know, just leave me alone for ten minutes. I need to decompress. Yeah I, yeah, I think being able to to recognise, you know, there are things that fill your cup. There's mm-hmm. things that recharge the batteries. Um, you know, those sorts of things and, you know, and being true to yourself with that, what you just said. Sometimes it's always about, just about getting away from work. Sometimes it is that you need you need time away from, you know, the, the, the norm of day-to-day life where, you know, family, kids and that and that routine and that sort of thing as well. But mm-hmm. find what that 
find what it is so that you know what you need when when you need it, I guess. Because some people sort of go, Oh, I don't I don't know. You've got to you've got to try and that's what you've got to try and and, and work out. I um last year did a trip and for five days of that trip I was in an area where there was no absolutely no phone or internet service. Okay. Heaven. <laughs> well, we say that. Yes, it was, but funnily enough, um, I've never had that before. Well, I don't remember that I have. It's obviously been a long time. So, um, you know, these these things are almost like oxygen machines. They're terrible. Um, so what happened was the first two days I, I, I almost felt like it was um, like a form of anxiety, the fact that I couldn't contact people and they couldn't contact me. You know, that whole thing, the yeah. world stops without your mobile phone. And then mm-hmm. the three days that followed were utopia. <laughs> yep, and you're right. This, it does take that adjusting. And I've just um, earlier this year, as you know, had a better than just, uh, an overseas trip. And for part mm-hmm. of that time, I was in communicado because the battery died and I didn't have any way of recharging the phone. And that was only a short period of time. But again, you you feel like you're missing a limb. You do, but then it also gives you. And I think this is a really big thing for so many people in our industry as well. You know, the world actually didn't stop turning because Julie Collins didn't have access to her phone, believe it or not. And what it actually, what resonated with me is that, you know, that that happened because I I had no service and people had to accept that. So what's the difference between that and us setting boundaries? And again, coming back to what I was saying before, the kind of our own worst enemies, sometimes on a personal level and sometimes on an office level or as an industry level, because we don't set those boundaries. That's right. Yeah, we we expect, and, and and we've given people the expectation that we're available anytime. Just pick up the phone and we're there, and that's not healthy. We that's need right. to have that downtime. Similarly, what we were saying before about having that that sort of alone time, where you know, you, you you're not answerable to anybody other than yourself. Um, and you know, some people have said, "Well, look, I, I you know." I, I meditate or there's someone I was talking to a few weeks ago said, oh, have you heard about flotation tanks? They're really good because you're in this tank in the dark floating so you're completely deprived of virtually every sense. Yeah. I thought, I'll have to give that a try because that sounds really interesting too. I'm scared of the dark so that would be horrifying. Again, as you say, this is all about what fills your cup, what recharges your batteries. You know, it's, it's being able to recognize that, and it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what it is. You know, mm. it's 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 being able to work it out so that you can actually, you know, bring bring that into whether it's you know a daily thing or a weekly thing. I mean, I don't know. We're all different. That's you know? right. Yeah, you're right. We are, and and we're all going to have different. Uh, ways of that decompression, um, yeah. but we've also got different triggers to it as well. And it's important that we understand sometimes that the world's not caving in around us. We just need a break, and we just need to yeah. give ourselves permission to to have that break as well. Like that, as yeah. you said, that five days you know, with, without any phone service. Now, I would probably, as you, I'd probably struggle for the first two three days, and then just go, oh, really? No. Guess what? I'm going to come back and things will have happened. Yeah, the first two days was it was a real eye-opener, actually, because mm-hmm. if someone had have asked me prior to that, I probably would have said, oh, it wouldn't be that big a deal. But, yeah, it was quite, mm-hmm. 
it was really quite quite interesting. Yeah. So, well, it is because they are, um, you know, as you said before, they're, they're sort of like oxygen. And I said they're like an extension of our limbs. We've become so dependent on them that sometimes we need just to to disconnect. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like like everything. You know, when you hit hit the reset button on the computer, it works a bit better. And maybe the same can be said for us. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, electronics and technology have been as much a blessing as a as a curse. And and I say that, you know, sounding very old fashioned, but I do often reflect on the days of where people had to. And now I'm going to sound really old, but people actually had to write or type a letter and send it to. I mean, I started in the industry before there were emails, Kirk. Yeah, you know, oh, I mean, you, yeah. you typed, yeah. you typed letters, and and people posted them, and therefore their expectation mm-hmm. was that they probably wouldn't hear from you for two weeks, and they were okay with that. Let's right. face yeah. it, now, now it's like two minutes, and they're hitting the yeah. refresh button, yeah. you know. And then, then from letters, we went to fax machines. Remember them? Wow, <laughs> yeah, isn't it funny? You know, but um, so like I said, it's been a blessing and mm. a curse. So what it comes yeah. down to is we we have to start you know, setting setting some some boundaries with these things. And I think sometimes, yes, there are going to be clients out there that have that expectation, but whatever you say yes, they'll let you. Mm-hmm. And that goes for people we work for and with too. Whatever you say yes, they'll let you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we set that that boundary of, well, you know, no, I'm not available after this time or for some people it might be that they, you know, there's a half a day a week that they they don't work, I don't know, whatever that, whatever it is, you know, recognise that yep, and stick sure. to it. It's tough. It takes discipline. It's actually really hard yeah. to do. Yeah. It yeah. Does. And, look, you're, you're absolutely right. And I'll tell you what, that is that is a really, really good note to finish on, Julie, um, That just that setting the boundaries and making time for yourself. I think that's their words that if we can instil them in anyone in this industry, that's the key to it. Yeah. It's that we can't allow the job to consume us because we are still, once we leave the office or once we close the laptop, we are still human beings. We have other areas of our lives that are probably as important, if not more so, than the job. Yeah, and and it, yeah, and if it, and again, coming back to what I was saying before, if it's not working, why isn't it working? You know, people mm-hmm. just get this overwhelming sense of failure because they let it go until it becomes so catastrophic. And this is why people are walking walking away. But if it's not working, why isn't it working? Recognize that so that you know think things can be can be addressed. So, yep, for sure. Yeah. Well, Julie, it's been a treat speaking to you. Thank you very much. Thanks. I really appreciate your time. And I'm sure that anyone who listens to this will will take some real gold away from the conversation. I certainly do. Thank you. I look forward to catching up with you again very soon, probably at another conference. Yes. And we can can continue this conversation offline. Love it. Thanks so much, Kirk. Thanks, Julie. Talk soon. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to another podcast in the Influential Conversation series. These are brought to you proudly by Tappy, Box Brownie, Inspection Express, and Agent Dynamics. Please be sure to tune in next time for the next in this series.